my faith also is just huge in terms of knowing that it will be okay and knowing that I am doing the right thing and knowing that maybe I'm going to see the benefit right around the corner. So it's okay. Don't worry about today. You'll wake up. It'll be a whole new day and it will be okay. The road of an entrepreneur is guaranteed to be askew, and there are always big questions to overcome. How are tech founders bootstrapping their way to the top while spending money from their own pockets? How do they scale a startup that is primed for a successful exit, yet still remain profitable? These are the types of questions that this podcast will help answer, and it will shine light onto the livelihood of entrepreneurs, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the dirt in between. My name is Jim Barnish, and welcome to the dirt. Our guest today joins us from right here in Tampa, Florida. She has spent her career across the technology industry from software engineer to tech CEO. But in today's conversation, we're going to take a deep dive into how her career in tech prepared her for her current venture, helping fellow entrepreneurs become thought leaders and promote themselves through authorship. So without further ado, COO of Now Publishing, Lisa Marie Garcia, welcome to The Dirt. Thank you. I'm excited to be on The Dirt. Love the name. Love the brand. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, I mean, obviously welcome, but would love for you to introduce yourself just to the audience and share a little bit more about your current role. Sure. Thank you. Actually, I thought you might have been asking me, how did we start Now Publishing, which is kind of a fun Fun idea because not every business is someone's idea and dream and passion and they're hoping that they start a business. I never planned to be part of a publishing group. And it was actually my support of the person that had that dream that started me now publishing. So sometimes I, I call it that I kind of got the business. I love it. I'm so happy I have it. Don't get me wrong. But uh, yeah, I'm part of a, a publishing team that from day one, which is about six some years ago, we had this concept to help. Uh, clients build the book from the ground up, which is not something a traditional publisher necessarily does. Um, they usually get a manuscript written. And then also we had the vision from day one as to help promote and publish the book because we say after everyone's friends and family buys your book, no one's buying your book unless someone else is promoting it. So we felt like we've always been a very unique team from the beginning. And and I love, I love what we get to do and produce. That's great. And so you've been like a number of different roles, which I'm sure is you know, a squiggly line, not always a straight line, right? It, in, in your career, but from software engineer to tech CEO to now, you know, this this publishing business. How'd you get here? Yeah, you know, I didn't think about it until someone asked me a few years back. Like, how did you go from tech industry? I mean, I was IBM trained, and my first job out of college was IBM. I programmed platforms, which means I was reading white papers before they were called white papers. I mean, it was all tech, 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 and also tech on the enterprise side. So my clients were Nike, NASA, Coca-Cola. Um, I lived in Beaverton, Oregon when Nike couldn't buy enough office buildings. I mean, it was just very, you know, that enterprise size now to publishing yeah. and completely different. And the publishing industry itself is very kludgy, which is a word I've been saying forever. And I, I know that's from tech, but it's completely kludgy where tech wasn't. You know, it was, it was not. So the thing about it is when I was in tech, I was professional services firm. In publishing, I'm a professional services firm. It's the same exact uh, industry, except now in publishing, I have a widget to sell. 
Mm. I mean, that's really the difference is that I have a widget to sell, but it's still professional services. And the clients are then 100% different because now I'm working with human beings as my clients Mm -hmm. versus enterprise size, working with PO directors and, you know, purchasing. That's a whole other element of the business as well. But as far as what we do, it's professional services. So I was training for it in all my 18 years of tech. Yeah. And, and what made you land in, in publishing though? Like, why was that the thing that just you know had you accomplish your mission? Right. Well, I will tell you that this company and publishing for me is what I know is my passion. So that will tell you that for as old as I am, which we are not going to talk about, but for, since I've been in publishing for the last seven years, I now know that this is what I'm on this earth to do is to be in the publishing industry. So now saying that, as I said, I didn't really set out to be here, but the way that uh, now I'm going to forget what you asked me because <laughs> I was telling that story. What was? Oh, it? no, just just that basically the journey here, like what made what oh. made you choose the the mission of, of book right. publishing for entrepreneurs? Right. Well, so as far as focusing on to the business brand book or the startup or the founder or the entrepreneur's book, we made a very deliberate change in the company in 2019. So we had been in business about three years and um, I actually had got the idea. I believe I was downloaded from God because I'm a believer, but I got the idea to reformat the company into four divisions and be very specific about the niche that we're going to go that we're going to publish to. So we've been doing that about three years now. And it's not just the founder or the business brand book, but it's also the nonprofit or not-for-profit brand book, and which is a very different element from a mass-marketed book where someone wants to be a New York Times bestseller, you know, completely different. So we definitely pivoted that way. And to credit how I got into publishing, it was really because way back when, nine years ago, when I relocated from Seattle, I paid a lot of money for a very expensive marketing program that said, go write your brand book. If, mm-hmm. And this is nine years ago. And they said, if you don't write your, your book now, you'll be left behind. It's the new business card. It's the way you, you, you know, do X, Y, Z. And I bought into the program and I buy in, I buy in hundred percent. And I was one of like two of 30 people that actually did publish the book. And uh, that, that was my first step in publishing. Oh, very cool. I see the angel wings behind you. And you mentioned the Christian believer. (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, People tell me to stand in front of them. Go ahead. No, well, I mean, (laughs) yeah, you are an angel. So that's good. Um, (laughs) The, um, you know, the the way that some of those beliefs translate to the way and the mission that you guys are building, you mind speaking a little bit to that as well? Thank you for asking. And there are people that say that they're spiritual, but not religious, or they believe in God, but they don't call him Jesus. I mean, we all have our own, you know, way that we, we move and and we believe, but I'll tell you, it's much easier to be an entrepreneur or a business founder or owner when things are rough. If you have faith in something that helps you keep your eyes focused on that to get you through it. It's very easy. We all know it. we've all seen the memes. We've probably created the memes in our company. You know, it's all going to work out. It's it. You want to say every little thing's going to be okay. All of that. And I mean, how many books on resilience and grit and perseverance? And I used to say, actually, years ago, I'd say I feel like I'm one of those. In the old time, they had these toys that were like blow up clowns, and you'd punch the clown. You know what I mean? And it'd yeah. fall back and it'd come back. Sometimes in the journey, I'd say, I feel like that, you know, I just come back and I just get punched again and all that. 
that's the story of a business owner and an entrepreneur. That's the story. If you know that story, it shouldn't turn you upside down when it keeps happening. Okay. So first of all, it doesn't turn me upside down. And even if you look at, you know, the times we're in right now, right? The very turbulent times we're in, the very volatile change in the marketplace and in industry and in business in general, in life in general, we're in such volatile times. And I'll tell you, it's as far as my perspective, it's okay. You know, don't, you know, be flexible, be nimble, yield to it. Don't try to hang on to anything is really my mantra. Don't try to hang on to anything right now. It's way too volatile right now, right? It's way too rocky. But I only know that really because I went through dot-com as a business owner. I went through recession as a business owner. I went through 9-11 with a business owner. I've seen the downs and I've seen the ups. I know the valleys have to go, you know, to the mountains, you go through the valleys. And sometimes you you might theoretically know it, especially as a young entrepreneur startup, you might kind of know about it. Sometimes you really have to live through it to really, really get it and have it just be part of the fabric of who you are. So I, uh, so my faith also is just huge in terms of knowing that it will be okay. And knowing that I am doing the right thing and knowing that maybe I'm going to see the benefit right around the corner. So it's okay. Don't worry about today. You'll wake up. It'll be a whole new day and it will be okay. Do you mind just going, <laughs> this is this is the dirt, right? So we love this hearing stories about, you know, overcoming some of those things that that you may have gone through because it's usually pretty relatable to other founders. Is there is there a certain story that you have where where you know, you really had to rely on your faith and on on your spirituality? You know, I'm going to share the story because it just came up yesterday and it it is and I think it's probably the most difficult type of obstacle that I've continue to have to go through and continue to have to uh, move past. And it has to do with humans. And it has to do with human beings that betray you. Employees, contractors, business partners, family, best friends, all types, right? And I remember, you know, I can remember, actually, I'll just take it full circle. I remember my very first employee. She was my very first employee in my tech company. And she actually was the very first employee that betrayed me. Now, it doesn't sound like it wasn't a huge betrayal, but to me, it was a betrayal. And basically what it was is she worked for me maybe three some years. I trained her from the ground up. She got engaged and she was moving to Montana. Great. Fine. I love you. Thank you. Good riddance. Great. I show up, I see her maybe within the year, she's working for my competitor and got the training contract on a big client of mine. And that's the first time I see her after she leaves. Now to me, I'm I'm like devastated. This was the very first one, very first big betrayal. But since then, I probably had a hundred of them, you know, and, and, and from people you don't even know, then there's the cyberbullying. I mean, you know, so so what do you do? First of all, you know, you need to assess why, if it is in fact a real person that, you ever knew because <laughs> in cyber billing, billing, cyber bullying, that doesn't work. But I think that the main thing is, is just really put it in perspective to know, first of all, just forget about it. Don't, don't gel on it. Don't go back. Don't engage in it. Yep. That's them. That's their thing. And I believe God will handle that. And he says he will handle it. And then don't go back there. And also, you know, don't let it throw you so much. I think in my stage, uh, my professional career in my time now and experience, I think that's the the main thing that I find peace in. I just, I don't gel in those places, you know, and yes, it's more than just looking back, but you can say, I don't look in the rearview mirror, but if you, you stay there, you still think about it, you still put any energy towards it other than, okay, that was a bad thing, move on. It's just 
it's just so counter to everything you need to do. You know, I mean, there are, I believe you, I or I know I only have so much energy in a day, you know, intellectually, emotionally and all that. And you know that don't let that get drained by that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a pretty great life lesson and professional lesson to, to wrap your arms around. It is. And it affects not just you, but your team and people around them and your family. And you don't even know it's happening when you let that stuff just get to you and, and, and eat you. Right. Um, so that's, that's, that's really good stuff right there. Let, let's, um, let's hop over to the, the, what you do. Cause I, I love thought leadership and, and I big thing that we do at Orchid Black and that we encourage founders just, you know, in general to do is think about what, how they can be more of a thought leader, right. And put together a strategy around it. And you've got a really great platform with now publishing that can allow entrepreneurs to spread that to the world. and. So I just I just love to hear from you, the expert around it. What are the main benefits to publishing a book? Well, first of all, you know, the benefit is defined by what is the reader going to benefit by the book? And then also the benefit of what is the author? How is the author going to benefit by writing? And there's two different sets of great benefits on both ends. I was talking to someone um, just a couple, maybe yesterday two days ago that was saying that sometimes professional C-level professionals have a, have a problem, have an issue with being too revealing, revealing, you know, they want to represent the corporation, you know, all of that. And, you know, there's such a benefit, first of all, to telling your story. And it isn't just a catchphrase that everyone has a story. Yes, everyone has a story. We're all unique individuals that are going through this journey on earth and we experience different things and all of that. So we all have a story. The The benefit, I think, is that, you know, as as humans, you know, we're really made to be social beings, to communicate, to get love, to give love, to have friendships, to, to, you know, the parental part of the whole situation, to have approval from your parents. I mean, there's so many, you know, characteristics where we're looking for someone else to know who we are. Yeah. And it's a huge benefit for everyone, not just founders and business owners and that. So that's, you know, a great benefit on the maybe personal side of it. But the primary benefit that we try to help with our clients and you know we are for profit so you know we're asking our clients for a certain amount of money so then we can help them promote their brand and their story the the real benefit is that this is not only the age of content which we all know it's obvious but it's also the age that we've all found our voice and i you know i posed this question even for the first time this last week of you know how are we going to feel after we get past this age of the of our voice 10 years from now if we didn't add to our own voice in some way yeah. You know, how, writing a book is the, you know, the the best delivery of the content of the voice in all the formats, in audio, in ebook, in paperback and such. But it really is, you know, we found as a society, good or bad, our voice, make it good, make it positive, share your story, share your passion, share why you feel you're here. You know, so it's I think it's a huge thing. I I, I love this industry, as you can tell. Yeah, I can. <laughs> it comes out in spades. Good. So the benefits are are awesome and opportunistic. What about some of the challenges that you see entrepreneurs run into when they when they know they want to write it? They might even have a strategy, right? But they don't know how to get it done. Like just for example, I've known a few entrepreneurs that try to do it themselves, right? Yeah. And then, then they just stopped. 
Um, what, what are some other challenges that you see them run into? Well, it definitely takes a lot of work to write a book and publish it. And if you talk to an author that's done it, whether they've self-published or traditionally published or hybrid, whatever, they will tell you, oh, absolutely. And it, and you know, it is, uh, what is it? Every five minutes, there's a new book uploaded to Amazon, you know, and there's also these digital marketing stra- uh, campaigns that drive me crazy where like, you know, I wrote a bestseller and all the pages are blank and I hate all that, but that's out there. There's so much, like I said, kludgy, there's so much out there, especially with now publishing or with uh, self-publishing that people have very wrong perceptions. But it it is a process where, you know, you take the first step and you download the content. But then that's just the first step. And that's a pretty big step. But you're only the first step in of maybe like 10 significant steps. Um, So what we do is because of my background in tech, I was PMP before it was PMP and that where we project manage the client through the process. So we have author check-ins accountability, right? You know, milestone, we have critical path milestones, you know, that they have to make or we will delay the book launch and that. It is this trying to put your arms around a big mountain and kind of see it happening. We really, you know, take our job is to take the client and get them from, you know, from the start to the finish line. And not only that, we actually in our contracts, we make both the client sign up that they'll publish within a certain time frame, And then we sign in our contract that we'll publish within a year. So there are companies and are people I've talked to that I've been working on publishing for years and years. We are not in that business. We are in the business to work with you and help you from the ground zero, from ground up to publish. Because if you've never published a book before, you have zero idea of how to do it. So, you know, just like anything, you hire an expert. But um, I'll tell you where the real gold is. I mean, there's a lot of gold through the process, but the real gold is very skilled editors that slash writers, because editing is a different skill set than being a writer. And when you get the marriage of those two skill sets and the right person, that's the gold. And they don't grow on trees um, as far as resources and companies. That's really the gold. And a lot of our um, clients will say, wow, that meeting with the editor that we had with Now Publishing, that really got me on the right track. Or they'll say, yeah, this book had a vision. I had a vision of this book, but it turned out completely different again because of the editorial um, contributions in the team. So it's, it's a process, you know, when it's done right. What's a what's a really good example that you can share that's, you know, an entrepreneur or founder that they were they were unsure of of if this type of process would work for them or if if they were the right person to write a book or whatever it is, like the genesis of of someone that, you know, you saw on the other side of it, having a book published just helped so much. So are you asking me the positive story or uh not such a good fit story because i've had them all i mean i asked the positive but now you got to share both (laughs) now i got the not so fit (laughs) right it's funny well you know let me talk i'll start with the i'll start with the not such a great fit story um and we probably all heard about ghostwriters right ghostwriters so when i first got in this industry i said we will never be a ghostwriter i will not hire ghostwriters Ghostwriting is not our thing. And the reason I said that was I had some experience with some ghostwriters before I got into the industry and I would hear that their books sounded the same. Like I heard three books from one ghostwriter and she she wrote, she read excerpts. And I was like, those are like the, exactly the same three books because it was in her voice. Mm-hmm. So that bothered me. And then I also knew that ghostwriters will sometimes take a weekend and work with a client and they've done the whole book in the weekend. 
And again, I feel like that's not the client and the re the client's voice. And that was my main issue. My issue was I couldn't be authentic and promote Jim saying, Jim is this amazing writer and wrote this amazing book in his content when I knew it was the ghostwriter's content or the ghostwriter's writing. Right. So we don't, we still don't do that. We will do, we do content editing. So we definitely help our writers need to help our authors and our books be better, but we have to be authentic. So the problem would be where it wasn't a great fit is we'd hire a client that had a very big job, had a very big life, and that's great. We can manage it. And they would still, and they would depend on us to do it, but they wouldn't engage or do their part or be part of the team. And I say that from our very first meeting with the client, we cannot do it without you. We cannot yeah. do it. It is a hundred percent a team and you start seeing the resistance, but you give them the benefit of the doubt. You start seeing some things not, you know, I, I would have them when the client would say, Oh, I don't want to look at it this stage. You, we give about five different stages for the clients to look at it after first draft, which is kind of atypical. And, you know, I would see where, um, I'd learn from it where I shouldn't have let them skip that stage or skip that process, but I would, and it would never, it would never get us to the right place. So yeah, definitely got to be the right fit. And I think that's in any company, right? You hear about firing clients, hiring clients, there's a reason because not every client fits into your company and you shouldn't fight it. And I also love the idea that, you know, you don't keep a client on just because of the money. That's not the right fit. That's the only reason you're keeping yeah. them on, you know. Um, and then on the positive side, I've had the really it's an honor. And I've said this word when I've been at book launches or book events for our clients. It's an honor that I got to be a part of their life for a while or got to promote their life and what they've done, because we've got, you know, there's some pretty amazing people, period, in this world. But when you get to see them bring their story forward and be vulnerable and really share with the world their their wisdom and and their gifts it's a pretty amazing thing so you know there's the great and then there's the not so great so give me an example of the of the great though like one of those one of those entrepreneurs that just you know on the other side of it had this amazing book this amazing content that they were so proud of well i'm looking at a book well I'm looking at my books right here and thinking about my clients. You know, there's a guy, there's an NFL player that of a book that we did for him a few years back. And he was a, a NFL superstar rookie that his first year he got to play in on in the Super Bowl and they lost, but he got to play on the Super Bowl. I think he has three Super Bowl rings, but his story opens with him finishing that game at Super Bowl walking across the street to his hotel room and trying to commit suicide. And the guy had a tumultuous life to say the least and came out on the other side. So we wrote his whole book and we did it in, in a rush, but it's an amazing story came out on the other side. And this guy now lives only to help people not go through what he goes through. That's his entire life. He got a job doing this as an ambassador that he gets paid to do just Crazy great, yeah. You know, yeah. Crazy great. So that's a that's Very, a good story. Yeah, that's a great story. I mean, obviously some challenges early on in the story, but a really good story on the outcome side. So very cool. As you think about the future of publishing and of thought leadership in general, any trends that you're noticing? I, I know you mentioned a book on Amazon every five minutes, but any other trends that that you're noticing 
as we kind of you know head into the next generation of publishing? Great question. Um, so first of all, the the biggest trend, obvious to a lot of people now, is you know audiobooks, such the trend. Um, there's also a new trend that I I want to get a client um, for us to do this. It's a trend called, or it's a book called Note, like Cliff Notes. Yeah. Now it's about, you know, we might have my leadership book, but then there's a Cliff Notes version because we all don't have time to read the whole book. Yeah. I actually kind of like that. I mean, I like the, I've actually, you know, read a, a Cliff Notes and been looking at them. That's a big trend, you know, so definitely. And, and there's a big trend at more companies like us, honestly, that say, look, it is more than the book. You got to promote it. And then when you start talking about promoting the book or the widget, as I talked about before, are you doing book blog tours? Are you doing virtual tours? In-person, great, but the, you know, virtual tours. And then, of course, all of digital marketing into the promoting of the book in every way that you can and that. So, you know, we're always there. We never, I was just telling the client, you know, I, I, you know I'm going to tell the client these are some promotional items we're going to do, but we're probably going to maybe, or we're definitely going to do different ones. We're going to do whatever, you know, is trending, is moving. I mean, it is not a constant um, in digital marketing. And then the other thing we're doing that's kind of fun is we've been saying it's more than the book. And when we would say that, we'd say you need a, well, you say, you know, QR. Of course, everyone needs QR. But, you know, you need bit.ly's at the end of the chapter. You need this. You need that. We're actually building a book where we have at the end of every chapter, it's an author contributor. We're going to have their link to go to the YouTube where they talk about the chapter you just read. So I kind of thought that was kind of a fun idea that we had. But I said all that to say we have an author. I was just talking to someone this morning about that we are publishing their book in a box. They're publishing a journal and a six by nine business book and a card set. And they're doing a pen. I'm not buying a pen. They'll buy the pens um, in a trademark box that looks like the book. And then you even open it and it's got the trade. I'm like, that's very cool. I like that. So for our end, we got to be different. We've got to be unique. We've got to make people take a second look because we got bookstores and Amazon and everyone else that's our competition, you know, and just be different and be unique. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, listeners know that at this part, as we kind of close out the show, we uh, do a series of five rapid fire questions called the Founder Five in a bit more fast of a manner to, to try to highlight some things that you're seeing and to get to know you a little better. So first off, the number one metric or KPI that you're relentlessly focused on? Client communication, client interaction, client, 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 client communication. Really? Yeah. 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 It's everything. Number two, the top tip that you have for founders that are in their growth stage of growing a company. Oh, gosh. I say your issue is so much around you, too many shiny balls in the air. So, you know, decide if your number's three. My number used to be five. It's about four now. And what I'm saying is you, if you have to, you take your quiet time in the morning. You say, these are the four things I'm going to concentrate on and no one's going to distract me a day. I think it's the time blocking. You're in such a growth crazy mode. And you can't stop the fires that come to you. Am I talking too much on the rapid fire? Sorry. Oh, you're good. No, (laughs) you're great. (laughs) Okay. But honestly, I mean, I think that's the best thing I learned years ago was put it in front of you. Say, look, I'm only dealing with these three things because I know I need to do that to get us where we need to go. And so you don't get distracted in that. Focus, focus, focus. That's great. Um, A favorite book or podcast that's helped you grow? You know what? I have to say, I love the end factor. 
I started to hear it and I was on it, which which uh, let me engage. Actually, we became the uh, publisher for Dr. White, who who does the N-Factor. But I'm a, I have been always fascinated with um, learning about business owner stories. Right. And and, you know, I always say also that we always know, we know who we are in general when we're in high school. Right. And if you kind of lose your way, go back to say, what did you love doing then? And I used to read Lee Iacocca's biography in high school. I even did Trump's. I've just been fascinated. So that her end factor, I get to read about the Barefoot Winery or hear about the Barefoot Winery people and all that. I just love listening to other people's success stories. Cool. So Rebecca White and factor. Yes. End factor. Yep. All right. Uh, what actors or actor would pay, play you in a movie? <laughs> Um, of course, J Lo. Hello. <laughs> I knew I that'd be it. funny. I, I tell my daughters, "Don't I look like her?" They're like, "Are you kidding me, mom?" But yeah. No, that's great. There's definitely uh, some similarities. <laughs> oh, <stop. laughs> All right. Lastly, what is going to be the title of your autobiography? I'm actually writing now my fourth book. This was my first brand book, kind of an autobiography of me in tech days. Uh, Starbucks was one of my clients, so um, it's a great. It does have autobiography type stories. And then I wrote, I wrote two others, I'm writing one now, but um, with other authors. So I would say, you know what I want to be known for now, I want to be known for love and I want to be known for sharing wisdom. So maybe wisdom and love. Wisdom and Sappy. love. Sappy. Sappy, yeah. but it's Friday. Sappy, but true. I love it. Okay. Very cool. Um, and then what was that one that you just pulled up? What was the name of that? Just so we can get it in the show notes. So, yeah. So this was the book that got me into publishing. As I said, when they said to write a book it's called Never Drink Coffee During a Business Meeting, yeah. uh, Insider Advice from a Top Female CEO. So when I joined this, uh, when I said I, I bought into this marketing company. I said, are you kidding me? Write a book. What on earth would I write about? So basically, this book is all those all those things I could not put in my employee manual. So it's like learn to golf. I mean, I could technically put that in there, but IBM said learn to golf. I love to golf. I don't do it enough, but I do love it. You know, cover up a tattoo, maybe be the first one to stand up when someone needs a coffee or coffee. It was just those things that you, I would train my engineers and my trainers and my company to do, but it wasn't necessarily in the employee manual. So, yeah, no, that's great. That's good stuff. All right. So never drink coffee during a business meeting. Yep. <laughs> love it. It's available. All right. You've given so much to our listeners today, Lisa. Um, any Anything that our listeners can do to help you out? For sure. We'll go to uh, publish.now, publish.now, publishwithnow.com is our website. We publish all genres of books. You name it, we've probably published it other than maybe like romance fiction. But, uh, but yeah, our hashtag is now publishing. And if you want to uh, learn what it would take for us to publish your brand book, please just reach out, uh, publishwithnow.com. All right. Is that the best way to reach you is, is through the yeah. website? Okay, perfect. Yeah. We'll get that in the show notes then. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Lisa Marie. This has been uh, just spectacular. Thanks for sharing. Um, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Take care. If you loved today's episode of The Dirt, make sure you rate it on your favorite platform. And if you really liked us, go ahead and leave us an honest review. Thanks again for tuning in to The Dirt.